Join me in prayer as we start today. Oh God, we thank and praise you for this day. Lord, you are so good. Your love endures forever, your faithfulness to all generations. Thank you, Lord, that your mercies are new every morning. Lord, the fact that we wake up today and and we look around and we can see, we can hear, we can feel, we can smell, we can touch, we can sing and praise. God, this is a new mercy and we thank you. Lord, our world is in desperate need of hope and, and what it means to not be alone and have you. So Jesus, help us to be Easter people every day, speaking the truth of the resurrection, the good news that you love us, you've paid for our sins. Lord, you've defeated sin, death, and the devil, and there's so much to rejoice in with those promises. So Lord, help us to be filled up with you and your love and your hope and to spread that to everyone we meet. Um, As we come to your word, Lord, I just pray that you would guide my thoughts and my words, that you would um, help us, Lord, to, to know what you want for us each to do and also as a church to do as we consider your word and apply it to our lives and give action to our feet and our hands and our words. Thank and praise you for each person here. In Jesus' name, amen. So I know I was kind of being funny about the, the um, cupcake thing, but it's real. Like if I, I have a gluten allergy and if I had like five minutes alone with that, those cupcakes, <laughs> it would not be good. Uh, and I, I have to stare at those things sometimes and man, they're hard. And it was my husband's birthday this week, so he got a lot of cupcakes. Good for him. <laughs> um, so we're going to start with chapter one of Mark. And if you take out your Bibles or your Bible apps, um, first of all, Is this the first slide, Claire? The beginning of the good news. If you notice at the very first line of Mark, um, it's pretty amazing because it says this, you know, and I, I didn't catch this right away, but it says the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And that word beginning is really important because you think of it's the beginning. It means it's just the start of something and there is so much more. And there's so much more that like in the book of John, it says if there was, there was all the books to fill the world about Jesus, they still couldn't contain everything he did or said. And so this part just catches me as I think about it. It's the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. It's just the start. And the book of Mark is a very, like Jamie said, very action, um, urgency. There's the word immediately shows up over and over. Pay attention to that. Have some fun. Keep a tally of how many times you see the word immediately or then and they went. It's, it, um, it has verbs all over the place. But Mark says it's just the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, next one. So some things, the overview, it's, it's action-oriented language. I know I said that, but there's urgency in it. It's immediately a lot. It's the shortest of the synoptic gospels. That means that in, in the canon of scripture, these gospels were put in there because there was agreement and congruency amongst all four of the gospels of the big and the highlights of um, who Jesus was, um, who he was as Messiah, um, all the events. So there's other, like, we call them extra-biblical books, and, and there, you know, there's truths about Jesus in it, but these synoptics all have agreement, and that is why they are in the canon of the Bible. 
It's the oldest of the Gospels. It's um, scholars. I, this kind of freaked me out in seminary because it was like they, they, um, they had this thing called the Q source. And it kind of rattled me. I'm like, what do you mean, the Q source? And, but there's seen as the Gospel of Mark is, is the source, original source, original language for all the other books. And so there was writers of the books. They think that um, the author of this is John Mark, who Paul spoke about. Um, in that he was one of um, the later apostles, but this is the earliest of the books written. Um, a lot of scholars think that there's Pauline influence, that, um, that John Mark was a disciple and um, he worked with Paul, and so there is um, some language in there that's important to pay attention to. And if you read Mark cover to cover, it only covers three weeks of Jesus' life and 20 minutes of his words. It's fast and furious. And it's interesting, again, John Mark, and then the audience, this is the other thing, the audience of Mark was written to a martyr church. It was a church that was facing eminent death and persecution because they were followers of Christ. Um, This speculation that was written about the time that um, Christians were being persecuted by Nero. And so you, you think of the urgency that's attached to it as saying, it is so important that you hang on and that you... Keep the, keep the focus of Christ in front of you because your lives are at stake. There was, a lot, there was a lot to risk, but it was worth the risk. And then we think about how he says, but in the beginning, this is just the start of the good news of Jesus. And that good news continues all into eternity. Next one. So as we read together today, I made a mistake in my printing. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And I'm just going to read this first part. As it's written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Um, Claire, you can go back, sorry, to the slide that I missed out on. Yep. So we're going to be talking today, before we jump in, I just wanted to help you think about something. Um, We are talking today about temptation. As I read Mark chapter 1, I was trying to figure out, like, what should we zero in on? Because there's a lot to it. It starts out with John the Baptist. It starts out with Jesus being baptized. It goes to um, his temptation. Then it goes to him calling disciples. There's some healing. It's a lot in one chapter. And so Um, as we think of like an active faith of what things in our faith do we need to be active about and temptation was one of them so that is the context of why we are starting so first things first what is temptation well if you can just sit for a second what would be your your definition of temptation how would you describe temptation according to webster temptation is the desire to do something especially something wrong or unwise. Temptation usually isn't, isn't put in a good context, and, and I thought that was really interesting to follow up on, especially something wrong or unwise. Um, it's a thing, a course of action that attracts or tempts someone. It's funny, one of the examples, Meg, you're going to love this. The temptation of life in New York. Meg is from New York. Um, and then the second definition is the tempting of Jesus by the devil. And so right away, Webster gives them, like, hot off the press, this is what it is. And temptation is usually never something good. I mean, you could be tempted to do something really good, um, but it seems like there's always going to be a consequence because it's too much or it's not something right. So why, oops, go back. So why are we tempted? I think about that, like, 
I don't know, I, I guess I've never sat with that question, but like, why are we tempted? Why did God allow that to be something that we experience as human beings? I don't have an answer to that, actually, but I think it's an important thing to wrestle with of like, why? And, um, and something to bring to God. And are we all tempted in the same ways? And I would say, no, absolutely not. We are all tempted in different ways. I, I think my, my small answer um, of why we are tempted is because there's, there's a battle that is going on between good and evil in our world. There's a battle for, for God's best and second best. And so I think our whole lives as Christ followers is going to be conforming to, to God's will for our lives. And there's going to be things on the sidelines all throughout our race of life that are going to detract us from following him and tripping us up and, and not living the full and the good life that God has for us. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is John 10.10. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life in the full. And I feel like temptation is that thing that that detracts from that life that Jesus has for us and life in the full. That is like my answer, but I would love to hear what your answer is and what you work out through this next week of why you think there's temptation because it's interesting. Next one. So a couple things as we read scripture, um, we're gonna do this together that Jesus experienced a great spiritual attack followed by a great spiritual experience. And oftentimes, spiritual attacks will arrive in the forms of doubt and temptation. So come back to Mark with me, and we're going to read up until his temptation. Oops, I lost my... Sorry. Mark. Beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, written in Isaiah the prophet. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. In all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. And then he refined this word immediately. The Spirit immediately drove him, Jesus, out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness forty days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. So for us to get a better picture of what that is, we need to look at the book of Matthew. And Matthew tells us a little bit more. Matthew was written to a Jewish audience, and there's more details. Mark didn't have time for all the details, apparently, but we get more from Matthew. It says that Jesus was fasting 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry. And so the tempter, Satan, who is the accuser, came and said to him, If if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. So I brought a little slice of bread up here. You think about Jesus was fasting. He was hungry. I don't know if any of you have ever fasted more than a couple days. 
I've only made it like three days. It wasn't good, but I kept thinking Jesus fasted for over a month, and he was hungry. And so we have the devil coming to him saying, if you are questioning him as son of God, command these stones become a loaf of bread. But Jesus says, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it's written, he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. So that's what we get from from Matthew's gospel. We get a lot more details. But I just want you to think for a minute, what did you notice in that story? What details did you pick up? There's a lot there. Claire, if you can bring the next slide up. So I started first of facing temptation. How did Jesus do it? The beautiful thing that we have to to give me a lot of comfort is that Jesus was fully God and he was fully human. So he was able to fully do something that a lot of us aren't able to do. So first of all, how did Jesus do it? First thing that I noticed is that Jesus, um, first of all, he he responded by um, strength of the Holy Spirit. And this author that I found um, said this, we need the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in us to help shield us against the devil's schemes. Without the Spirit's help, we will find ourselves saying yes to sin more often than we would like. You think about Jesus had this high point of of his life and the launching of his ministry. He was baptized. The Spirit came down on him. The Lord Lord, um, acknowledged him. This is my son. I am so pleased with you. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it says it wasn't like days or weeks or years. Immediately, he was sent out into the desert to experience this really terrible time. So I noticed first he was filled up with the Holy Spirit and it, and it really caught me. Can you go back one more, please? Without the Spirit's help, we will find ourselves saying yes to sin more often than we would like. We need the Holy Spirit to say no. We can't do it on our own. And I, if you ever have that temptation like, oh, I've got it. That, I mean, first of all, it's a temptation right there to think I've got it. I've done this so long, God. I've walked with you so long or, or I'm so strong. I can totally say no to that or I won't do this. Without the Holy Spirit, you won't be able to do that. Next one. It is the fellowship with the Holy Spirit that produces in us the fruit of self-control, giving us not only the desire to also, not only desire, but also the ability to say no when we are tempted. That's, not only we need the presence, but we need the strengthening. And that strengthening also helps us want to say no to the things that are not God's best for us. That's the thing that always catches me is um, when I, I went through a, a period of, I don't know, it was, it was months where um, I was experiencing nightmares, terrible nightmares. And it was nightmares about something that, that like was just shocking and, and awful. Like it was something that I, I would never do, but it was so disturbing. And, and I was, I finally went to one of my pastoral colleagues and I said, I need you to pray for me because I am being attacked with this terrible dream. And it was, it was 
impacting my day-to-day life. Uh, it was awful, and it was a temptation. It scared me. It scared me so much that I'm like, I need someone to pray for me and help me, and it was bringing it into light. So that not only does the Holy Spirit strengthen us just through the Spirit, but the Spirit also brings other Christ followers along. So just know, don't go it alone. Just know that God wants us to come to each other, and the Holy Spirit will help us together. Next one, Claire. As he was strengthened by the Holy Spirit, I think about this, if we relied more upon the Holy Spirit, we would live with fewer regrets. That was from a devotional that I read this week, The Good News About Temptation. I think we would have far more fewer regrets if we really lived by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so just number one out there, Jesus was strengthened by the Holy Spirit. Next slide. Jesus' heart attitude. First of all, if you catch the, the way that God spoke, this is my son. I am pleased with him. Jesus' heart was directed to pleasing God, and God was pleased with him. You know, that's a check for us, just to do some evaluation. Is my heart directed to pleasing God? That can be something that you can pray about and say, God, I want my heart changed. I want my heart to be directed to pleasing you, and not myself, not another person. And that's a good thing to check in with. Am I going this way, this direction, and the trajectory of my life is to please you, Lord? And that, number one, number two, will help you have that strength when, when you are tempted to do something that is not God's best for you or to live in a way that is not honoring to him. Next one. And this is the most important one, I think. Jesus knew scripture. As, as I read from Matthew 4, Jesus said every time, if you catch this, he said every time, I just want to like count how many times he says this. He said, it is written, He said, um, it is written, um, again it is written, the very, very bottom, he says, be gone, Satan, it is written. He calls the devil out, not based on like, oh no, devil, you can't talk to me like that, I'm Jesus. No, he says, God's word says, it is written, that that gives authority. And so you think about that, his response to temptation was not from a human mustering of effort, which Jesus could have done because he was also human. No, it was from God's word. He responded to the, dev- the devil's temptation saying, this is what God says. And so that gives us a lot of power to say, spend time in the word of God so that when you have stuff come up in your life, God's word will be right there saying, oh no, it is written. This is what God says. Next one. So here are some benefits from knowing God's word. I want to encourage you for some verses that I think are those ones that come to mind right away. And, and these ones I've... I realize I have memorized throughout my life, and I know that God has brought them at different points to strengthen me, but Psalm 119, 11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. You know, that's, Psalm 119 is obviously the longest um, passage of scripture in the Bible, but there's so much in Psalm 119 about God's word, God's law, how good it is. And you think about this, when we hide and we place and we um, protect God's word in our heart, it means that we'll also have those moments where God will say, nope, remember, that's not what I want for you. That's not my best for you. Psalm 119 again says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. If you've ever experienced something that, that you were tempted to do that, or to think or to consider that was not what God wanted for you, just think about his word being something that will give you a, maybe not the full passage of like, God, I don't know how I'm going to walk through this thing, but it says, it says, just for right now, take one step and follow me. 
just for today, apply one thing from my truth and follow me. I thought about um, the Bible story in Genesis 39 where Joseph is encountering Potiphar's wife. And if you know your Bible, um, what caught me about this part is that Joseph, you know, he's, he has all these terrible things happen. If anybody could have had temptation, temptation to like maybe enjoy one like pleasure in life, it was Joseph. You know, he'd been thrown into a well by his brothers and they sold him. Then he goes to be a slave and it's not good. And then he has Pharaoh's wife who notices he's handsome, you know, young, attractive, all those things. And she's after him. And the thing that I caught about this scripture passage was it says in the scripture that again and again and again she came to him, bugging him. She wanted him to sleep with her. And at the very last time where it, I think the, the, the fire was turned up for this poor guy, he leaves, he runs away. But before he does that, he says, how could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? It meant that he was so intent on obeying God that first of all, it's, it's not like, how, how can I not offend you? It says, first of all, how can I not offend God? And so I think as we have that, again, that heart's desire that says, God, I want to live my life that seeks to please you and honor you and bring you glory, that also will be a protective measure around us that says, nope, this isn't in how I want to live my life. So as you spend time in God's word, think about that. He will give you strength. He will give you words. He will give you encouragement to do that thing, to honor him and please him. Next one. And this one also gives me a lot of comfort. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Think about that. We all experience common temptations. They're going to look like food. Um, I brought this. Jamie was concerned. My husband gave this to me. I think the light doesn't work in it. It's it's a... (laughs) It's a billy club, um, but it has like a flashlight. And, you know, we, we could have um, temptations of food. We could have temptations of wanting power. That's the only thing I could think of in my house. I, don't, I wouldn't bring a gun to church, but I don't, I don't own a gun, but I was just going to say like, what could be something that could represent power? Here's my billy club. This is my power. Um, it could be money. It could be our possessions. There's, there's so much that can tempt us. It can be, um, it could be another person. It could be a job. It could be so many things. But think about this. There's nothing that's overtaken us that's not common to everybody else. And we hear the good word that God is faithful. He won't let you be attempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And you think about how Jesus, he was, he was hungry. And I kept thinking about that. First of all, not only the devil say, hey, you know, if you're the son of God, you can turn these stones into bread. You can do anything. Jesus had to say no because he said, it's written, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word of the mouth of God. Um, he tempted him with power. He said, I'll, I'll give you all these kingdoms of the world. I'll give you everything. Um, he, he, he tells Jesus, you know, if you throw yourself down, God will save you because you're, you're the son of man. And he says, God says, do not put me to test also. And so you think about that. God is the one who provides a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That's such a comforting verse to know that we're all experiencing something at one point or another, but God is faithful. God is the one that can help us and give us courage to follow him and to receive his help. Next one. So I just want to encourage you this week. I don't really know. I thought about this. Like we're all, we all have this stuff going on inside of us that nobody else knows about. We all have these kind of invisible barriers that hit us um, throughout the week and, and happening in our lives right now. And so whatever it is for you, um, I just want you to maybe think about what's one 
area of temptation that God has already helped you face. It could be a time where um, you, were tr- you were tempted to not trust God. It could have been a time that you were tempted to maybe do something that was ethically wrong that you're like, no, I cannot do this because God, you, you don't want that for me or, or you had a warning or something happened. But just think about one area that God helped you face. Just face it. And as if, you fo- if you're a follower of Christ, what strengths do you have in Christ as you consider current temptations in your life right now? You know, I, as a therapist, I work from a strengths approach. I don't work from a, an area of problems or, or um, you know, pathology. I work from what are the things that you have in your life that are strong and going well for you and are protective factors, and how can you look at those and see what you have? And so you think about our strengths in Christ. What does God already have in you because of who he is that can help you face something in your life right now? It could have been the fact that, you know, you're like, yep, God, you helped me back there with that, and you gave me discipline and obedience to do this. Or, yep, God, you helped me see that I had a way out, and I didn't have to do this or this or this, and I took the way out that you had for me, and I can do that again. God gives us such a great track record when we see what he has been doing with us that we know we don't have to go it alone. And I think the bigger thing is to say, like, every one of us has current temptations that are going on in our lives right now. Every one of us. I think my biggest one is, yes. I think um, our biggest strength is temptation and confidence of weakness. Mm. And we see how weak we are. Um, uh, we have the weakness to be strength. We can Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Joe. I love that. I'm like, there's a hand from the back. Thank you, Brother Joe. I appreciate you saying that because it uh, makes me think of what the Apostle Paul said. He talked about this thorn that he had in his flesh, and we don't know what the actual thorn was. You know, was it, was it a health condition? Was it somebody that he couldn't stand that was bugging him? Uh, we don't know, like, actually what his thorn in the flesh was, but he it says that Three times he pleaded with the Lord to take away the temptation, to remove whatever it was that was troubling him. And the Lord said, my, what do you say, my, my, um, my strength, how do you say, my strength is greater than your weakness. Somebody's, mm-hmm. my strength is sufficient in the power of weakness. And so that is a good reminder of your strength being the weakness and your utter dependency on God. So just keep thinking about that. Like we all are going through something, but it means that the strength of Christ is greater than our, than our weaknesses, and that's what we can present before God, like saying, God, I'm so dependent on you, and I need you right now. So this is another thing, accountability, and I, I kind of note, noted that. Um, ask a prayer partner to encourage you and help you stay accountable in this area. You know, the, the thing about temptation, I think when I was a little girl, I think I thought, oh my gosh, I'm being tempted. I'm already sinning, but that's not how it is. It says all temptation is common, but we don't, we don't it doesn't become sin until we, are, we act upon it. And so to remember, like, it's a humbling thing to tell somebody, I am struggling with this, and I need your help in this. So will you pray for me? You could even say, and will you check in with me once a week? Um, I had uh, a good friend tell me this week that um, her spouse has been struggling with pornography for like their whole marriage. And she was so 
ashamed. And she's like, will you pray for me? Will you pray for him? We are really in this. And, and, I, and I was like, first of all, thank you for trusting me with this. I think people tell me stuff because they know I'm a therapist and I can't tell anybody. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a vault. I'm a HIPAA vault. But, you know, I think also that you, you know who your people are. You know who you can trust. You know your people to say, I am in it deep or I'm scared that I'm going to do this. Will you help me? It, it says shine light in a dark place so that that dark place doesn't become darker. Jesus' light dispels all darkness. And then, you know, this is the other thing, too. As, as, we, as we stay in God's word together this, the next six weeks, also choose a scripture to memorize that will help you with that temptation. You know, God's word is, is my word. God's word is amazing. It'll, it'll help you with just about anything and everything. Cleaning your house from mold, mildew, you name it. You got it in God's word. Find one thing that maybe you'll put on a spot that you're going to see a lot in your home to say, God, I know you've got me in this. I know you're going to help me with it. And he will. Next one. Uh, I think this is, I think that's the end of it. Yes, good. Okay, I'm going to make sure. I, I, I made the mistake of copying my slides and they're in black. So I, um, I, was, I was going blind. That's why I'm just like, I can't see. Um, if there's something, you know, as we come to, to the end of our time that you want to lift up to God and say, God, I need to give you this because this is too much for me. Hold your hands out. You know, if there's, a, if there's something that's overwhelming you or bugging you right now and you need God's help to drop it and let it go, drop it. But if you want to sit in whatever posture as we come to prayer, um, I invite you to do so. Oh, Father, you know us so well. You know us inside and out. Lord, nothing is hidden from you. And Lord, that makes me feel so good knowing that I, I don't have to hide from you. I don't have to pretend. And I pray that for my friends here too, Lord, that you would help them know that we, we can't flee from your presence anywhere. And God, you love us so much. We don't need to be afraid of your presence. We can be comforted and encouraged by your presence. So Lord, whatever it is that we are struggling with, whatever it is that we are experiencing temptation in, God, that, may that be that we um, are believing lies like the devil says to, said to you, Jesus, um, did God say, or if. Lord, help us remember that, that you are true and real and you are powerful and in control and we can trust you. So God, no matter what we're giving, um, giving to you right now or letting go and dropping, Help us to know that in your lap, in your hands, is the safest place for us to give anything. Lord, if we are experiencing temptation, um, that also requires accountability, Lord. Give us the courage to know who to ask, who is safe, and, and who will hold our stuff and, and pray for us. Give us courage, Lord, to be humble and know that we can't go it alone. And Lord, remind us um, that we need you, Holy Spirit, every day to fill us and strengthen us and to uplift us. Thank you for everyone here, Lord. And, and we just, we know, God, that you are good and forgiving. And Lord, if we, have, um, if we have gone against what you want for us and your best for us, please forgive us. Help us to turn back to you and know that you will help us when we need help and keep us on the path that leads to you. In Jesus' name, amen.